You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast. I am your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Now, this episode today may seem more like a topic that you'd find on a science podcast of some sort, and that's because we're going to be talking about sleep, why it's important, and why it matters for each and every one of us. Now, you're probably asking, Alex, what does sleep have to do with creating a brand? First off, great question. And the truth is, it may be more than you think or realize. In today's world, sleep is a topic that just isn't covered enough anymore, and for many entrepreneurs, not sleeping has become a badge of honor. It's almost like proof that you're busy or crushing it and people look at it that way in today's world. But the truth is you're harming yourself long term if you're not getting enough sleep and the future of your brand will suffer from it as well. So because of that, it's a really relevant topic that I want to talk about on the Creating a Brand podcast. My guest today is Drew King. He started and ran a massive sleep disorders testing center for seven years. He's now on the board and keeps up with the business, the science and the research involved. Because of his background, Drew knows a lot about sleep, and he says that proper sleep leads to longevity in business and expands your mental capacity, as a result, helping you go further in life and in business. So I'm excited to get into this topic. So here is my conversation with Drew King. Drew, welcome to the Creating a Brand podcast. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited about today's topic because it's one that... I feel that many of us ignore or don't want to talk about enough, and that topic is sleep. I totally agree. We'll get into it, I'm sure, but uh, it's one topic that, from my experience in the world of sleep, everybody loves to talk about. People love to share their stories about it, whether they're getting, most people, not getting enough of it. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to, to talk about it because it is uh, absolutely important to everyone's health. Yeah, for sure. So to start off, I think probably the best thing to do is let's go from a more of a scientific standpoint. What does sleep actually do inside the the mind and, and the body? And this might be a longer answer than we're, than we're looking for, but let's really get into that. Let me start by saying this. I think when most people think about a healthy lifestyle, I would say, and tell me if you agree, that the first two things that people would go to, they would say healthy diet and exercise. Would you agree? Yeah, that's yeah, I hear that all the time. Yeah. And so what I think might be surprising to the audience is that good quality sleep is equivalent to those other two. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's kind of like that that wheel spoke example, you know. So if just even one is out of alignment or shorter than the others and you're not going to have a smooth ride. I've never heard this before. Yeah. Wow. So so sleep is equally important. Wow. And like I said before, everybody wants it. Not enough people are getting enough of it. It can be detrimental. So let me just start it by saying that, and then let me just get into kind of some of the particulars of, of the benefits of or the harmful effects of, if that works for you. Absolutely. Yeah, let's jump into that. So I, I think probably one thing that the audience might not know is prolonged lack of quality sleep. It can actually lead to depression and anxiety, so mood disorders. And what do you mean by prolonged? Like Just chronic. Okay. I know this okay. is... Uh, you know, most people ask, well, how many hours do I need to get? And that's what I was going to ask. That's exactly my, my question was be how many hours? What's the sweet spot? <laughs> between seven and eight is the answer. Is it really? Okay. It is. It is. Between seven and eight is the answer. That's, that is the sweet spot. I know some people need more. You know, some people know, hey, my body operates better at nine. Mm-hmm. Then get nine. If you can get nine, fantastic. Yeah. I'm probably already driving you off the main point here, but I have like a hundred questions. But so what if you're somebody that says I operate best off of five? Is there anybody that's really like that? Or is that not realistic? Not in my experience. Okay. And you've had a ton of experience, obviously. So yeah, let me, I'll just uh, briefly hit that for just a second. So I started and ran a sleep disorders testing center for about seven years Mm -hmm. and now I'm on the board of it, but I started and ran it. So I'm, I'm on the business side of things. Right. However, 
obviously you need medical personnel. And so I hired a boarded sleep physician and all of our clinical staff. And so I didn't know anything about sleep before I went into the business, Mm -hmm. but I'm the type that I wanted to learn everything about it so I could speak intelligently on the subject. And so I learned from our, you know, doctors, everything I could about it. So, you know, what I'm speaking from, I'm not an MD, but I certainly, um, have asked all the right questions and have studied up enough to, yeah. to be oh, able definitely. To hopefully help someone out there. Yeah, for sure. So going back yeah. to that original, like I, I know we went off on a little tangent yep. there, we're kind of going yep. back to that, the people that are not getting enough sleep, it's not just nightly you're talking about that are constantly not sleeping, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned, you know, what, what about someone who gets five hours a night? I, I can tell you that if you're getting less than seven regularly, you are at physical risk of, okay, for example, your immune system. Not mm-hmm. as sharp, more likely to, to get sick. Uh, or if you get sick, your your immune system is less efficient, so you won't be able to shake it off as fast. Interesting. So kind of like if you're eating a lot of sugary junk foods and stuff like that, that your immune system drops down. It's similar if you're getting not enough sleep. It's exactly right. Okay. Lack of sleep affects your reproductive organs. So mm-hmm. in other words, like, you know, your greater chance for infertility. I don't think that many people know that. Yeah, probably not. Absolutely. It just sleep affects so many different organs in the human body, your heart, you know, it's another one. It needs a break at night. And mm-hmm. so just to, not a total break, of course, but of course. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, it yeah. needs rest at night. <laughs> it I mean, still most, beats while we're sleeping, absolutely. right? I mean, most, most people don't know that. Another one would be weight gain. Studies show that people who sleep less than seven hours a day are 30% more likely to be obese. Wow. That, I think, I think actually, 30%. I, don't know if, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, uh, the intern with Anne Hathaway and, uh, Robert De Niro. I have actually, yeah, <laughs> there we go. It's, a, it's a great movie. I love that movie, but that stat actually gets shared, uh, in that movie, which is funny. It's actually a true statement though. So really, uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I wasn't paying attention to that. I wish I would have been now. Yeah. Now I'm learning it, but I, I caught was... it. Anytime the word sleep gets brought up, it, you know, my ears, uh, my antenna turn up uh, yeah, right? a, a, a little bit. Anyway, so those are just, you know, some of the, I mean, as you can tell, as I share these things, immune system, heart, and I mean, you can just tell that uh, it affects so many different uh, systems in our body. And so it's, it's super important to target those seven or eight hours. Now, seven or eight hours every night, could that be an average? What if I get six one night, nine the next, five the next, and then 10? Like, can, can you bank it like that? Uh, great question. And the answer is no, okay. you can't. Let, I, I think let, I knew that one, but I wanted to ask just let, in case you had some insight for let, me. Let me answer that another way. Okay. So imagine if, so your target, say over two nights is, is we'll call it 14 hours, mm-hmm. right? Your question was, well, what if I get, you know, nine one night and five the next? I would come back and say, okay, if you're targeting 14 in two days, what if you got 12 one night and two the next? That day after you got yeah. two, how are you going to be feeling? Not good. Yeah. So no, <laughs> banking doesn't work. In okay. fact, the human body operates best with routine. Mm-hmm. And so truthfully, even when it comes to the, the world of sleep, you should target going to bed at the same time every day and waking up at the same time every day. Hmm. All parents out there will also know that, you know, when you have your babies and infants and children on the same schedule, same routine, that they operate better. So it's really, it's a human body thing. That's interesting. Now, so for me and the, the creating a brand audience, a lot of entrepreneurs out there, I don't do this, but I know a handful of them that actually will, they'll skip a full night a week. And for many of them, it's Friday because that's when they're, they're finished with their regular job. So they won't sleep from Friday when they wake up Friday morning until they go to bed Saturday night, they will stay up and that's when they'll work and get things done. That's a problem. I'm guessing. Do you think that even if you're doing that on a smaller scale, like what if you're staying up later on the weekends, which many people do. So on the weekend, they're staying up till 
one and two in the morning working and maybe getting a few hours of sleep and getting up and getting back at it. Is that kind of the same issue or what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I would never say to somebody that's a good idea to skip an entire night's sleep, no matter how productive. I would say good quality sleep actually helps your brain be sharper. And so I would question, even if you are powering through the course of the night, I would question your sharpness, the quality. And, and I don't know about you, but I know on nights where I don't get as much sleep, that next day is painful. And, oh, yes, uh, definitely. It's just not worth it, you know, for me for my mind, for my body to not try and regulate. Now, obviously, is there flexibility? You don't want to be too rigid. If you know, you stay up later on the weekends, mm-hmm. you know, that's all right. But I wouldn't uh, target knocking out a whole night's worth. Yeah. You know, we actually talked a few years ago when I first learned that you used to have a career in the in the industry of sleep, if you will. <laughs> I didn't get too much into it because I know like we're asking a lot of these questions now, but enough that it impacted me saying, okay, I need to start getting my sleep scheduled because I used to just go to bed whenever. Now I actually have an alarm that goes off telling me to go to bed because I am a night person and I will naturally <laughs> stay up much later than I should, but I'll also uh-huh. still get up early because I, I, I have something I need to do the next day. I have work to do, right? But when we had this conversation, I think it was about four years ago, I went home and I told my wife, I'm like, I need to set an alarm to go to bed. And she's like, that makes no sense. She's only, like, what are you talking about? Only you, Alex. <laughs> only you. It's helped a lot, though. Since I've actually been targeting, I, I talk about seven and a half hours of sleep mm-hmm. is what I'm at right That's now. Great. And since I did that, set that alarm to go to bed mm-hmm. and force myself to do it, I wake up the next day making far better decisions. Absolutely. So I have another question here kind of on this same topic. I set an alarm to go to bed. A little weird probably, right? But what are your thoughts on some sort of morning and evening routine when you're waking up and going to bed, do you agree that having something like that is, is helpful to, to get you into a mode of sleep? Like, should we be off our screen? Should we be focused yep. on something in particular to add to that uh, habit or rhythm, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few different things that, that one should do in order to have a quality night's sleep. And so you just mentioned one of them. One of them screens. So whether mm-hmm. it's a TV, whether it's your phone, really any form of you know electronic stimulation, even music in your room, you really... And I know that this is hard in our day and age, but you really shouldn't look at screens for an hour before you go to sleep. An hour? An hour. I do about five minutes right now. I I know. And I I know people like I I don't have my cell phone by my bedside at night. I I charge it it out in the kitchen, you know, because I know too many people, you wake up in the middle of the night, you know, just rolling over and you wake up and it's 1.15. Oh, you know, let me, let me just check, you know, my phone real quick. Hmm. Or, you know, potentially you get a text and it lights up and you, you know. You just want to take a look at it. So all of these things can, you know, engage your mind, your brain when you're, you know, supposed to be in prime sleep time. And so screens is one of them. Wait, and why is that? I'm sorry. Like, what is the, the science behind that? What does it do in your mind that's causing you to not sleep it's, correctly? It, it, it's a trigger and it just engages your mind again. So what you want to do, truthfully, mm-hmm. if we're talking about that schedule thing again, you want to have at least one hour, you're not engaged in TV, watching, phone, whatever, and really preferably in conversation, reading, just like quieting down kind of like for mm-hmm. the day in order to kind of prepare your mind and body for sleep. Yeah. So you recommend like reading before bed is something Ab- that's okay to absolutely. do? Okay. Absolutely. I'm like trying to figure out what we can do yeah, before yeah, bed. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. You take away the screens, like, well, what's left? <laughs> yeah. So this is what sleep doctors would tell you. Mm-hmm. Do I do this? No, I don't. And I sleep great. However, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that don't sleep well out there. And so this could be one of the reasons. Yeah, okay. definitely. But anyway, even having like a, I knew someone who she kept her office was in her bedroom, right? 
And so wow. okay. she, you know, I mean, it's, it's her laptop, her computer, her whole computer station was set up in her bedroom. And it was one of those things where like you wake up in the middle of the night and you may look over there and what, what are you going to start thinking about? Probably work the next day. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, if it's right there, you're just going to look at it and see right it. Right. There. And then your mind's going to start going on it. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you may have a hard time to, you know, stopping your brain and just relaxing and falling back to sleep. So, yeah. you know, having any sort of like stimulation like that can affect good quality sleep. Yeah. I kind of want to get back into the, how this is going to relate for entrepreneurs and things like that. What is really going on in our mind? Like, let's say we get a solid night's sleep. Like we change some things in our lives. We're getting that good sleep. Do you believe we're actually going to make better decisions because of that? And is there science to even prove that? Yeah, absolutely. There's studies that show better brain function, sharper mind, ability to retain information. So for, you know, just from a memory perspective, and I think any young entrepreneur, I mean, we're learners, you know, you want to make good decisions, Mm -hmm. uh, you want to learn as much as you can. So I would say that's probably one of the greatest benefits of good quality sleep. Yeah. Longevity is important as well. And I think that I will look at a lot of young entrepreneurs, including myself at one point in my life, getting burnt out way too fast. And yeah, we might've been working really hard and, and maybe just going at it a little too much every day, but some of it has to do with sleep, I'm sure, is because that's the first thing to go. Like it, in my mind, it is. It's the first thing you say, I can give up more sleep. I can work hard now and I can sleep later when I'm successful or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'd go back to, you know, decision making. We just don't make the good quality decisions mm-hmm. if we're sleep deprived and if we're getting good quality sleep. So that would affect it as well. If you're creating a brand, whether it's a personal brand through a blog or influencing on social media, or a professional brand with a product or service that you're offering, the Creating a Brand community is for you. We are your digital mastermind or tribe. Our community is built on our own custom social media platform where we share our experiences, recommendations, and solve real problems together. In addition, all members have exclusive access to our many online courses. Ultimately, we are a powerful community of entrepreneurs that are helping each other succeed. You will always go further in life and in business when you're part of a healthy community. I'm so passionate about this that I'm going to ask you to do something for me right now. Visit creatingabrand.com and join our community today. You can start for free and it will take you less than three minutes to set up. Once you join, message me directly. I'd love to have a conversation with you and welcome you to our community. So what are some of the enemies of good sleep? And I know I think about coffee. It's what we drink when we wake up. But I know people who also drink it before bed. And I don't understand how it wakes you up, but doesn't keep you from falling asleep. So I don't drink coffee at all. And um, I've never been much of a caffeine person. But the mass majority of people, especially entrepreneurs, are addicted to caffeine. I know. I know. <laughs> let's so, talk about I, that a little let's, bit. Let's talk about that. So I'm so glad you brought that up. I would say caffeine is the number one inhibitor of good quality sleep. So oh, wow. okay. caffeine has a half-life in your body, and it can stay active in your body for up to eight hours after you drink it. Depending upon the, the milligrams of caffeine and you know your body weight and digestive and, and stuff like that. But So uh, even after you, the effects of it wear off, it's still, it's still, it's still in, in there doing, doing yeah. its thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so it can still react in, in your body. And so... A sleep doctor would tell you to not have any caffeine after 2 p.m. After 2 p.m.? After 2 p.m. And that, does that depend slightly on what time? You know, that's obviously assuming you wake up at 
six or seven or something like that, I'm guessing? It's more about when you go to bed. And so, okay. you know, if you don't have any after 2 p.m., then you, you're good to go. Anybody should be good to go to, to, to fall asleep then, you know, peacefully and without having the caffeine affect your body after 10 p.m. then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, so that's, that's eight hours before sleep is really when you need to stop. That's the goal. Yeah. We just lost a bunch of subscribers and listeners. That's it. <laughs> I, I'm sure we did. They're, they're gone. They're like, all right, this is, this is absurd. I, I am sure we did. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's so funny. So I, I enjoy coffee. I have a cup every single morning, mm-hmm. but just, just one and just in the morning because, you know, just, that's just the way I've operated for a number of years now. Every once in a while, I say my wife and I'll go see a movie on a Friday night and I may get a Diet Coke or Coke Zero or something with it. It has mm-hmm. caffeine. I will tell you, I will be able to go to sleep just fine. Usually go to bed about 11 o'clock. I'll fall asleep just fine. But on those nights, I will have a restless night, meaning hmm. I will wake up 1.30, 1.45, and I'll look at the clock and, oh, man, okay. And I roll back over, and I'm able to fall back asleep again. And then I'll wake up and look at the clock, and it's 3.30, and I'll be able to fall hmm. back asleep. And so... That's not good because you're you really your body's designed to go into there's four stages of sleep and your your body's designed to go into those four stages and so if mm-hmm. caffeine is waking me up every two or three hours it's disrupting your what they call sleep architecture your your sleep pattern throughout the course of the night so caffeine is the the number one enemy and even like I'm just the example I just gave you which is you know not uncommon you still can go to sleep. But it, it will kind of wake you up. And then think about this. So then you may wake up at one thirty or 2 o'clock in the morning. Maybe you have to go to the bathroom. And then if you're up, here's what I found out. When you're up, then a lot of times your mind starts going on the cares of the day. Yeah, mine do. That's exactly what happens to me if I wake up. If I do. It's very rare. But if I wake up, it's like my mind just quickly engages. Yeah. And then you have a hard time going back to sleep, which is something oh, else yeah. that, that uh, you know I get asked about a lot is... And, you know, the whole insomnia issue. So a lot of it can be traced back to, to caffeine. So my number one challenge to those individuals is, hey, stop having caffeine after two o'clock. And mm. then, of course, they look at me like, man, there's just no way I can give that up. <laughs> right. like, okay, then I, I don't have anything else to tell you. That's yeah. your starting point. So that, that, that would be a starting point. And then, you know, second thing is for insomniacs out there, you wake up at two or three o'clock in the morning, your mind starts going. And that is the moment where everyone on planet Earth Everyone knows that they want to get more sleep and maybe your alarm clock's going off at six or six thirty and it's two o'clock and it's all of a sudden it's two thirty and it's two forty five. Then you start feeling the pressure of like, oh no, now I'm only down to three and a half hours. Oh, I've been there. Now I'm only down to two and I've got to get sleep. I've got X, Y, and Z going on today. I've got man, think about all that you've just done. Like you're putting now you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to sleep. To sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it you know, sleep is it's a funny thing. Like you really you don't want to do that because then your anxieties levels start to raise and that's it's the opposite. You want to actually go into absolute relaxation. You want to kind of turn your mind off from those things. Mm -hmm. It makes sense why you would avoid the screens then because the screens don't allow you to really relax and get into a different the right frame of mind to even be sleeping. Yep. So it makes sense that this is like the same way when you're just staring there looking at, oh, I've only got this much time left before Ab- I have to be up. Yeah, absolutely right. And so think about this. You know, a, a sleep doctor would tell you that, because I've laid there for hours, you know, just like any other person, you know, back before. Mm-hmm. And so I've been there. Sleep doctor would tell you this. If you're awake and you're trying to go back to sleep in the middle of the night, you can try for about 10 minutes, like in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. But if you're not falling asleep in 10 minutes, then you need a change of environment. And so what you're supposed to do is get up, leave the room, don't go out into your family room or whatever and watch TV. We're trying to stay away from screens. Don't mm-hmm. look at your phone. Turn on you know, a dim light or whatever you need to do to see. But to actually get the most boring book that you have, 
not a magazine that would interest you, but like literally a boring book and start reading that until you feel tiredness coming back, put the book down, turn the light off and then go back into bed. You need to kind of break that cycle of staring at the ceiling and thinking of, Oh, I just need more sleep. I've not heard that before. Mm Mm-hmm. That's yeah. incredible because, you know, I'm thinking about some of us that are the people that I know that listen to this podcast, myself included, you might have like a really big day coming up and this has been me before and I'm not usually one to get anxious or anything like that, but sometimes you're like, maybe it's just excitement. I don't even know what to yeah. call it, but the next oh, yeah. day you're like, man, I've got a huge day. And that's when if, if you do wake up, even just to go to the bathroom or something like that, it's like, oh man, I only got six hours till, until this is happening. Like yeah. now, oh my gosh, I got to get back to sleep. And I never thought about after 10 minutes getting up, what I do is toss and turn and roll around for the rest of that six hours mm-hmm. feeling like I, I know I obviously fell asleep, you know, in and out <laughs> of sleep, point, yeah. but you know, you feel like, oh, I didn't sleep at all. You know, I, I saw every other clock. Everyone always says that, right? Yeah. But you're saying get up, go to another environment and pick up the most boring book you can yep. find. Yep. Absolutely. So you're not, huh. you know, super engaging your brain. You're not looking at your screen, email, social media, any of those things like a boring book and then tiredness will hit and then you go back. Wow. That's really, really fascinating. Very interesting. I like that. Yeah. So kind of going back to what I was asking about previously, I know we talked about caffeine and we talked about screens as well, but what about something just like junk food? Just if you're eating a lot of candy and sweets, does that have effect as well? It can. I mean, there's caffeine and chocolate. So you you don't, you know, it's it's not a whole lot, certainly compared to a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. But if you end up eating a whole lot of chocolate at night, you know, before you go to bed, then then that can affect you. It's really not good. I mean, you, you shouldn't really eat at least two hours before going to bed, you know, because you're... Oh, you're, really? Okay. Yeah, just get your your digestive system. I mean, it's Well, I've been messing up on that stuff. one. I'm, I, I literally, I don't know why, I get like really hungry right before bed and I always just snack on something. Like uh-huh. literally minutes before walking into bed and sometimes... My wife gives me a hard time. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'll uh, I'll brush my teeth and be like, man, I need some food real quick. I'll go grab something and get in bed. I've been doing that my whole life. Yeah. Uh, you know, snacking is probably okay. You know, huge you meals. You mean like a meal? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't, don't do a whole meal before you go to bed. Gotcha. And if you are snacking before you go to bed, is there anything you recommend avoiding or staying closer to that's going to make it better or worse? Or No, I think snacking is fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just from a health perspective, I would make it a healthy snack if you can. <laughs> right, yeah. You're not necessarily a dietitian we're talking to today. <laughs> That's but, uh, exactly right. Yeah. So guys, don't hold Drew King to this today. But You're like, please. he said I could have chocolate right before bed. That's exactly right. <laughs> please don't do that. Uh, that's good. You mentioned a few minutes ago the uh, four stages of sleep. I'm not familiar with those. I might, if I hear them, I've probably heard them at some point in my life, but I'd love for you to get into those if, you, if you're all right with that. Absolutely. So four stages. Stage, it's fascinating. So when a patient comes in and and they have a sleep study at at our facility, you get hooked up with over 20 different wires. And so we can actually see what stage a person is in by minute throughout the course of their sleeping. Yeah, absolutely. And so when a person falls asleep, they start off in stage one, and then it goes to stage two, which is a little bit deeper. Stage three is where your body actually gets its rest for the next day. Huh, okay. And then stage four is your, your dream sleep or your REM sleep. And so when you, you know, when you look at a, a person's sleep study throughout the course of the entire night, you know, you can see they spent, you know, X amount of minutes in, in each one of these, these different stages. We probably ought to touch on sleep apnea. Yes, um, definitely. Because it is a you know, too prevalent to sleep disorder. So let's use sleep apnea as an example. Okay, okay perfect. So when somebody falls asleep, they, they're in stage one, then they go to stage two, and your body's actually trying to get to stage three and four because, candidly, there's no rest, physical rest for your body in the first two stages. Your hmm. rest really starts in three, and then, as, as I said before, you're dreaming in, in stage four. 
And so what happens is with, with sleep apnea, apnea essentially means cessation or stopping of breathing. When someone has sleep apnea, hmm. their airway, it's blocked. It's physically blocked. It's called obstructive sleep apnea. And at that point, that person is, is literally, it's like they're holding their breath unknowingly many times throughout the course of the night. My goodness, that sounds scary. Yeah. And so, you know, before people tune out and they think, well, I don't have sleep apnea, that's only for people who are overweight or whatever, that's not necessarily the case. Hmm. You know, do most people that have sleep apnea, are they overweight? Yes. But we've had some people that come in and get tested. They're thin, but they have obstructive sleep apnea because it, it also has to do a little bit or for some people with the makeup of their, their throat, their airway, their, do they still have their tonsils in, the size of their uvula, the thing that hangs down in the back of your throat. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, you know, when they're sleeping and they're kind of in that paralysis mode, their tongue actually slides back and blocks the airway. So you can be thin and still have sleep apnea. How would you know if you had it? Or I don't know if you're about to get into that, but... Great question. So what I would say that the quickest way to kind of self-diagnose, so to speak, Mm -hmm. is SOS. SOS. So the first S is snoring. The O is overweight or obese. And then the last S is sleepiness, as in like daytime sleepiness. Hmm. And so if someone has two of those three, they snore, Mm -hmm. they're overweight or obese, or they snore and they have daytime sleepiness, you know, two of those three then they are suspicious for sleep apnea. Hmm. Or if, you know, someone has a bed partner, the sound of sleep apnea, it sounds like, you know, someone is holding their breath for anywhere from, you know, five seconds to 25 seconds. Hmm. And then there's a a gasp of air. Because if you think about it, what happens is with obstructive sleep apnea, the person's airway gets blocked. So literally it's like they are holding their breath. So you're Mm -hmm. not hearing them breathe. Yeah. And while that's happening, your blood oxygen level is actually decreasing. And it gets to a certain point where your brain says, I need more oxygen. I need more O2. And so it triggers your lungs to take a breath. (gasps) Wow. So you take this gasp of air in. Mm -hmm. Your heart actually starts pumping really fast to circulate that new oxygen around your bloodstream that you just took it back in to take your blood oxygen level back up to its normal level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you take that gasp, it, it doesn't wake a person up. But it does disrupt them. It can pull them from, say, stage three sleep that they were in, getting their rest. Back into two or something. Back into, right? Yeah, back into one or two. Wow, okay. Yeah. So then your brain you know, says, okay, let me. I got to get back down to that stage three and I got to get to four. So when you get back down there, your body, because it goes into rest, it really goes into kind of like a paralysis. I mean, it's like it's hmm. shutting down. It's relaxing. And that's why obstructive sleep apnea, a lot of people that have a, a you know, carry weight in their neck, it's actually as your body relaxes, you know, even the muscles in your in your airway, mm-hmm. they relax too. And so that weight on your neck can just push down and compress wow. your airway. So you're not taking in. So that's why you're, you know, you're quote unquote not breathing yeah. for those few seconds. So that's one reason you never hit this third stage Correct. of sleep yeah. is because, okay. It, it becomes a repeating pattern. Your, your body's trying to get to, down to that three to get rest. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because you have the obstruction and then you take that gasp of air, it brings you back up to the lighter stages and then it tries to get back down there and then it happens again. And so it's a repeating pattern all night. We've, you know, most people that have obstructive sleep apnea, at least severe, they have zero minutes in stage three. My goodness. And so for someone like that, they can sleep for eight or 10 hours and they'll still wake up exhausted Hmm. because they didn't get the restful sleep that one needs. Right. How long does it take somebody who's not suffering from that? How long does it take for them to get from stage one and two into stage three? Is that a long, is a lot of time or? It varies by person, you know, roughly 
it's been a while, but I, I would guess maybe 30 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. And then, so really sleeping, if you're, let's just say eight hours, like you're really getting seven hours in that stage three or when does stage four hit? Great question. You're not spending the entire night in that stage three. Oh, okay. It's kind of a, there is a kind of a target percentage of each one of those. Like you do need one, you Mm -hmm. do need two, you definitely need three. And then even stage four, it's funny because you, (laughs) you dream about every two hours for about 20 minutes. So if you think about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So think about it, you know, you say you fall asleep at 11, you know, about one o'clock, roughly, you might dream for about 20 minutes and not even know it. Cause if you don't wake up, okay. on the, you know, coming out of that, then you're not going to remember that you even dreamt. Oh, is that, that's why I don't remember any of my dreams ever is because of that reason, I guess. Yeah, you remember that. Yeah. You would remember them if you're waking up coming out of that dream, that 20 okay. minute dream stage. Wow. Yeah. But if you have sleep disorders, then you might not get there. You know, mm-hmm. you might not even get down to, to stage four where you can even have it. Right. So you just need that good, healthy, what they call sleep architecture, the percentage in each one, uh, each one of those four stages. Yeah. If somebody wanted to really improve their sleep, uh, obviously we talked about a lot of things they can do practically. Would you recommend them to go somewhere to get some sort of test? I don't even know if this is real or not that I'm getting into. Like, what would that look like? If I wanted to say, all right, me, Alex Sanfilippo, I want to get the best sleep I possibly can to get the most out of it because I'm going to sleep one third of my life. I want to take it very seriously. Would you recommend me going somewhere, getting any sort of test done? Or what would you say to that? There isn't anything that I would say is proactive about it. You know, okay. I, I wouldn't recommend you need a sleep study if, you know, you're, you're feeling refreshed in the morning, you're not experiencing tiredness during the day, mm-hmm. you're operating, you know, everything's going well. I would say you're fine. Uh, I would say this, if you're not sleeping well for whatever reason, I mean, it could be apnea, it could be, you know, insomnia, some of the things we've talked about here already today then I would highly recommend you can just make an appointment, you know, with a board certified sleep physician and they'll, you know, ask you all the pertinent questions and diagnose and then uh, treat however they see fit. Mm-hmm. So that's good. I mean, I'm a proactive person, which, mm-hmm. you, you know, so that's why I'm asking that question. But if everything's good, just keep up with what I'm doing. Right. But if there's yeah. a problem, you should definitely go get, see what could be done about it. Yeah. If everything's good, then I, what I would say is don't overthink it. Because okay. a lot of people, yeah, yeah. They, then they, you know, then they overthink it and they're like hip, you know, they're way deep in trying to figure out. And then, you know, the, some of the things we talked about that can bring anxiety and therefore that can actually, you know, keep you from getting good quality sleep at night. So, yeah. So Drew, in closing out here today, I just want to make sure we really cover one more time, just how important this is for entrepreneurs and why we're even covering this on creating a brand. Cause it really has nothing to do with creating a brand, right? But it does have to do with the quality that we're going to produce. Absolutely. I mean, you want healthy mind and healthy body. And so, you know, as we've talked about, sleep is absolutely important to both of those. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what I would say to entrepreneurs out there is entrepreneurs need to be on their game. They need to be sharp. You need to be well rested. You want to make good, you know, decisions. You want to learn as much as you can. You want to, you know, if you're running a business out there, you want to make sure that you're just, you're on your A game all the time. And Kind of going back to that that spoke wheel example that I shared initially, it's not just about you know diet and exercise. It's sleep is mm-hmm. absolutely important. It's 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 a, at least equivalent to the other two, yeah. and uh, this is the one that's most often ignored. And so, I would say you know for optimal efficiency for mind and body, got to get the at least that seven to eight hours we talked about. That's perfect, Drew. This was so valuable today. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks for having me.
I don't know about you, but I'm excited to get some good sleep tonight. Drew, thank you so much for an insightful episode on a topic that is just not covered enough. Now, I learned a lot in this episode, and I fully intend on implementing everything that we talked about. And again, this matters because as someone who's creating a brand, ultimately, you are your brand, meaning getting proper sleep is going to help you perform at an optimal level, and that will affect everything you do in life and in business. In addition, this week in the Creating Your Brand community, we're going to be talking about sleep, but also morning and evening routines, what we're doing to have successful days, setting it up for success, ending it successfully. It's going to be a fun conversation that we're going to be having all week, so I'm looking forward to hearing everyone's routines and what they're doing, because I know I'm going to learn a lot from it. I believe that the entire community is going to learn a lot from it as well. Drew, thank you again for sharing your experience and wisdom on the topic of sleep. I believe tonight we're all going to sleep much better because we got to hear from you. So thank you so much for that. For show notes from today's episode, visit creatingabrandpodcast.com. As always, thank you for listening, and I'll be back sharing another episode with you next week. 